Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. All right, what's up, what's up? Welcome into the Orange Zone Podcast, the award-winning Orange Zone Podcast brought to you by Billy Whitaker Cars and Trucks. I just noticed in our intro the uh, the street ball move, ball between the legs on the defender. I like that. You never ever seen that it. before? No, I never really put two and two together. <laughs> but it's also because we have, you can't really see it, folks, but we have a, a TV out here now, which allows us to see kind of the intro coming in. So it was just the first time it stuck out to me. But um, anyway, a reminder, you can find every episode on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, wherever you get your podcasts. You can also find every episode on our Orange Zone YouTube page. New episodes are released every Wednesday. We also have a bunch of overtimes. We invite you to like, comment, subscribe, and also be sure to follow us on Instagram. We're on talk. We're on the TikTok. We're everywhere. That made me sound really old. Or for me, <laughs> even more Orange Zone content. And um, I got to ask you guys, how, how's morale? How are we feeling? How's 2024 been for you both? 2024, I, we're already nine. Doesn't it feel like New Year's Day was like a few days ago? Yeah. It feels like it's been a quick week. I'll say that. Time's moving fast. It is. I mean, listen, for me right now, I'm excited about women's basketball. Yeah. I feel like we know we'll get to it, but... I felt like their win against Boston College was a statement that, hey, that loss against UNC was a blip. They came back stronger. They, they fought hard. They came back better. And now I'm excited to see what's going to happen in the future with this team. Plus, DeAsia Fair, close to 3,000 career points. I'm excited for it. 2000, Stay on the lookout. 2,965. So on this episode, we'll be getting into women's basketball on the SU side, SU men's basketball, and, um, and then maybe a little trivia at the end. Is that true, Rachel Culver? I do not have a trivia for you guys tonight, so you're in the clear. You're in the clear. I'll bring one up then. Okay, I I'll love bring, that. I'll bring something up in the meantime. But anyway, Tommy Sladak, Samantha Cross, and Ashley Wenskowski, Rachel Culver on the producer mic. And we're going to get into the women's team first just because – End of the day, they're receiving votes. They're in the mix a little bit higher than the men are right now, so we got to start with them. Now, this men's team did drop out of the top 25 this week, as most of us expected with the 24-point loss to UNC last week. They fell 75-51, to 51, but they took care of business against Boston College at home on Sunday. So they are receiving votes. They're still in the mix, and it just presents an opportunity for them this week to get right back in it. What have you guys made of what? What have you made of this team so far? They're they're twelve and two. Yeah. They're two and one in ACC in the second season for Felicia Leggett Jack. And I know I think standards are becoming higher for fans, but mm-hmm. have either of you taken a step back and been like, whoa? Oh yeah, definitely. I I feel like wow, you know, the things that she's been able to accomplish in just two years being here. Even last year when it's her first year and she makes it into the WNIT compared to where they were 
a year ago from that, I thought, this is amazing what she's accomplished. But I feel like no matter how this year ends, which I do believe they're going to make it into the NCAA tournament, but even if they didn't, you can feel that this team has developed since last year, that the players who were here last year are even better, and the players who weren't here are adding something really special. I know this is something we talk about a lot, but that storyline of these freshmen who are dominating and who are really helping this team out makes you really excited for the future and to see what can FLJ do and what can she develop having a player for four years? We haven't seen that yet, but I'm excited to see it. Yeah, I agree. It's crazy to see how far they've come in just not even two years, a mm -hmm. year and change mm -hmm. under Felicia Leggett Jack. Um, and I think, as we've been discussing, there's a different energy around them. You know, there's great chemistry with that team. And Felicia Leggett Jack's a great motivator. So I think, if anything, it was a really positive. I mean, that loss to UNC was a bad loss, right? 20-point loss. You don't – that's not – you don't love them. to see it. It's not them, especially after they just get into the national ranks. But I think, if anything, to see them bounce back like they did over Boston College is a great sign. And they're 12-2. and two. I agree with you. I think they could be a tournament team for sure. Yeah, Alyssa Latham, Sophie Burrow is really the two big names as freshmen that have, that have stepped up. And really just they don't play like freshmen at all. I think no. that's been our sentiment since we first saw them on the court. Because if you were a fan unfamiliar with the offseason moves, you probably would have guessed that they were transfers. Yeah. Right, just because of the the style of the way they played. But I did some math with Rachel before the show started, guys, because I was really curious about where DeAsia Fair could end up because she's 17th right now on the all-time uh, scoring list for Division One women's basketball players with 2,965. And we did the math of there's 15 games left. Say they have three games in ACC. Sure. Possible. And let's go with an average of two games March Madness, right? This is all just a hypothetical. Mm -hmm. She's averaging a hair under 20 points a game. So you do 20 games by 20 points, that's 400. That puts her at 3,465, which would be good for second place on the all-time list. Oh, my God. Granted, Caitlin Clark's like fifth right now. So <laughs> she is bound to move up and be the number one, I think, as most people right. are expecting. But, yeah. but there's a really special player on this team right now, and I'm hoping fans are soaking it in. Imagine at the end of the year, Deja Fair has 3,465 points. <laughs> <laughs> this would be a We'd have, it. like, the black and white, like, recorded earlier this season. Yeah, yeah. And this it's all us just talking right now. <laughs> it's not accurate. No, I, like I, 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 to I totally agree, though. I mean, she's so special, even on the games where – they lose, even against UNC, she's scoring in double digits. She's right. always there. She's always fighting. She continues to shoot. And you can tell that FLJ really trusts her, even on the, on the times or during the games where she isn't shooting well, which against UNC she didn't. FLJ still keeps her in, still lets her have the ball, still lets her take shots, still lets her learn from her mistakes because that's how much they trust each other. And she knows that the Asia Fair is such a big part of this, whether she's playing well or not. You really need her in there. She's important. Yeah, I think something that's interesting that Felicia Leggett-Jack always points out about De'Asia Fair was, and she did it at one of the post-game press conferences earlier this season, like she always points out that De'Asia's 5'4". Yeah. Which is crazy. It I is mean, crazy. that is crazy to think about. And she said she was like, show me anyone in the country better than her right now. And then show me someone in the country better than her at her size. It's crazy. Oh, yeah. I mean, the way, first of all, her handles, the way she's moving the ball around, like, she's just, she's so cool. Like, you ever <laughs> seen this girl just drain a three? She and then they, cool. they show the replay of her face. She's just here with it. Yeah. Certified cool. Sam and I had a conversation about this. I pulled like a still for her for one of our thumbnails a couple episodes ago, and it was just like 
the coolest, like most fly picture of a person you could ever see. Sam was yeah. like, I wish that's what I looked like. Just like <laughs> caught off guard. But uh, also I wish that's what I looked like after I did something awesome. Yeah. Like, yeah. No big deal. Just she knows a normal day. She knows it. She owns it. She owns that court. It's awesome what she's doing. She's the type of player where you can just, you can tell that she just ran pickup growing up yeah. like ran yeah, pickup yeah. with anyone probably people five six years older than are you just you she has that energy of mm -hmm. she was just she was built from an early age not to fear anything and at her size probably knew she needed to make up for it and she's done that with her dribbling her handling shooting um it's fun i'm this so happy totally we get to cover me speculating but you know a question i'd love to ask her to me she's giving the vibes like like she's she's hooped around with some guys growing up like, oh, I don't yeah. know, she's giving yeah, me that sure. energy, you know, like that level of just being aggressive and not fearing anything. Mm -hmm. I, I would be interested to know that. Again, just speculation, but that's something that came to mind. I would be interested to know if Deja Fair has any fears. Oh. Like she seems like she really isn't scared of anything. I'd be interested to know if Deja has any brothers. That too. You have any brothers, Deja? <laughs> or fears? <laughs> or fears? <laughs> what about you? Do you think? Do you think? Do I have brothers? Yes. Fears? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> do you think playing with your brothers, though, do you think that, like, it sparked a competitive drive with you. I mean, first of all, let's be clear. I'm blowing my brothers out of the water. Yeah. No, no I'm just kidding. But <laughs> I mean, one, only one of you went to Vision 1. That's, that's ouch, a fact. If no they're listening, which yeah. they're not. No, I, 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 I agree, though. I, I, really, I do think that, you know, like they, they grew up. My, one of my brothers was a wrestler. The other one played lacrosse. And I think just even just being around boys and just playing sports against them and whatever, it does. I think it, it gives you cer a certain level of aggressiveness, toughness, fearing less. And I'm not sure exactly why that is, um, but I think just, just being around that energy sometimes can, can change things. Like I felt more like, you know what, I wanna step up to the challenge or even honestly a couple times, this was a fear, Some, <laughs> a couple times in college, like the men's lacrosse goalie for Colgate would be like out and they need somebody to like come help them out during practice or something oh like that God. or like take some shots or like my coach was like, yeah, it would really help you to see some shots from the guys. I'll never forget this. They were just, we we're just starting just warming up and some dude just rips some 80 mile per hour <laughs> shot and it hits me right in the thigh. Oh, and I'm like, no. I want to cry right now. But I literally would rather die than cry during warmups. It's not happening. Suck it up. Next shot. <laughs> Let's go, baby. We'll That's dive more amazing. into it in lacrosse season, but I, I still think that there should secretly be some padding below those gray sweatpants. Oh, there is. That, there is. That, I, I wore them. That goalie's yeah. fine to feel like it's just sweatpants, yet somehow it creates this force shield, I think, for, to, for leg protection, which turns out to just not always be the case. You get rocked in there. I know, I know. I, I think that every like men's and women's goalie should all be wearing pads. That's just me. Yeah. But again, we won't get into Change it. Change the culture. There's some kind of See pride thing months. going on. <laughs> Couldn't be me. You're like, let it down. Let it <laughs> Shins, thigh pads, pretty much all throughout college. I do not care. Protect the body. Well, hey, they're taking on Wake Forest, this women's team. Um, 11.30 game on Thursday, as as one does. The old, the old morning hoops. I'm guessing maybe it's kind of like the school game that we saw the SU women have um, back in December. But they're at the bottom of the ACC, 4 11 record 0-3 in conference play coming off a 30-point blowout loss to Miami so this it should absolutely be a win but you can't let it be a trap game and especially when it's something like a morning game those are the type of days where weird things happen so team needs to be ready for it um, ultimately last question before we move to the men at worst how do you think we will view this women's team in March and at best 
At worst, I think it's a situation where they're like a bubble team. They just missed the tournament. Yep. It's kind of one of those so much missed potential. Deja Fair's last season. Everybody's a little bit disappointed along those lines. At best, they make the tournament and maybe they make a run. I mean, again, it's it's so easy to forget that it's Felicia like at Jack's second season coaching, um, coaching at Syracuse. I mean, obviously she had a ton of experience at Buffalo and whatnot, but it's so easy to forget that. But I think I think at best we see them in the tournament. At worst. This team is a better team than they were last year. Okay. At worst. Yeah. At best, I think they're in the tournament and maybe even making it to the second round. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure past that, but I but I see that as an absolutely viable option. And I'll tell you what made me feel that way even more and solidify that for me. This game against UNC was bad. It was really ugly. They were missing... It felt like every single shot. UNC was having records against them. There's a little wow stat here. I remember seeing this when it was playing over the air that Alyssa Utsby became the first UNC women's basketball player to record a triple-double, doing so in only three quarters. That's the kind of thing where I feel like that is up in the locker room somewhere. It's a remember this moment that that happened. And then to go out against Boston College, which granted is a lesser opponent, but play the way that they played, it showed you a game like that against UNC was just a blip. It's not going to define them. They're going to find a way to get back on track. I believe in them. And I believe in the fact that even if they have some bad moments, which every team does, they've found a way to bounce back and rely on each other. I think this team is really special. I think they're going to make the NCAA tournament. I'm cool to say that and lock that in now. Put down my bet. There we go. Well, at worst, I look at it as from a record standpoint, I think at worst they're going to be going like 8-7, and seven, right around 500. Maybe there's just things just don't end up working out for whatever reason. And they would still finish in that case, um, you know, right around 20 wins in 20 and 9, 20 and 10. They were 20 and 13 last year to end the season. So it's like I could see it where, again, NIT is probably the bottom shelf, which is pretty amazing. Top shelf, pretty similar. I think maybe second round March Madness, who knows, Sweet 16. But I think best case scenario in these last 15 games, they go something like 11 and 4. And I think that's totally possible. And that would be great for them. They've really come into their own healthy and just ready to make some waves. But let's go to the men's side. Are we ready? Ready. Well, again, this is going to be Aaron on Wednesday. So by the time you're watching this, they will be playing Boston College Wednesday night. Maybe you're watching on Thursday. So we're not going to go too deep into BC. We're going to go a little bit more of a broad scale on where this team stands right now. And end of the day, I had an ultimatum for them early in the season, which was get to 10 wins before the new year. And they were able to do that because what that allows now, I think, is just a more realistic outcome for them and and to be in the mix because I think the the ceiling and floor that we just talked about for the women is is different for the men. I think the the floor is going to be missing everything yeah. and just, you know, really not having a great ACC season where they end up something like a few games above 500. Ceiling is they make the tournament. They can do it. I really do think they can do it. But it's going to take the, you know some wins over big teams. That includes wins over a ranked team, Quadrant 1, which was something they just completely lacked last year. Yeah, the, look, so the women's team just beat Boston College. Now mm-hmm. it's the men's team's turn. And I think that that's a really important 
game for them because of how difficult their schedule is, especially in these next few weeks. They just right. went to Duke. They just got blown out at Duke. You have Boston College in between here. Then you have to go to Carolina, number seven in the country. And then after that, you have Penn and Miami. So it's not like it gets a whole lot easier after that. So I don't know. I was talking to my dad's a longtime Syracuse basketball fan. He's seen a lot of years of this. And I was talking to him about it. And I was like, I really feel like Wednesday's game, Boston College, is as close to a must-win game as you get in early January for a team like this because it really shows are you going to come back after a 20-point loss to Duke? Are you going to bounce back from that? And and how are you going to shape up for the rest of ACC play? That's the thing. It's a big game mentally. That's, yes. It's a big game for them to prove that they can do it because honestly, just as you know, for, for the fans and people who watch the team, the Duke game is a game that throws you off a little bit. It mm-hmm. makes you wonder and think, because if they are going to pull off some of these big-time wins, then they have to be able to string together a complete game. And their game against Duke was Bingo. not a complete game. It was a tale of two halves, which we discussed in our Orange Zone overtime. The first chapter of this story, you have Brown and Mint scoring 12 points each in the beginning 20 minutes. You have the score tied three times in the last two minutes. And you have a Syracuse team that's going into the locker room down by just two points. The second chapter, there's a lot of different things in it. But I think the most important one is this. Syracuse had 17 turnovers over the course of the game, their highest all season long. It leads the Blue Devils owning a 26-11 advantage in points off turnovers. That was the difference in the game. And things all of a sudden got out of hand. It wasn't close anymore. The game got away from them. You could feel they were never going to get back within reach. In the big-time games, it has to be close the whole way through. And playing a cleaner game with a game with less turnovers is an important part of that. Yeah, I said it after the Duke game. Also, you can't turn the ball over 17 times against a team like Duke. You can't really turn the ball over 17 times against any team if you want to have a win. But definitely not particularly against Duke. Um, so yeah, I think it'll be interesting to see how they bounce back from that. And, and I don't know, we'll see. I think, I think fans and I think we would have felt a lot better if that game stayed close or close-ish or within 10, eight points. You know what I mean? I think it really left a bad taste in everyone's mouth, a 20 point loss at the end of it. But I mean, Hey, what are you going to do? The past is the past. You got to move on now. Big time. I mean, the, the tale of two halves, nothing bigger was them was Duke not making a three in the first half and then going perfect, like eight for eight, nine for nine in the second half. And that was the, at halftime, looking at it, seeing that they're not making their shots, in my whole mindset, I was like, this is it. Like, this is the game that they can win that could be the difference maker come March. And a part of that is sometimes just getting a team on their bad night, but you have to take advantage of it. Mm-hmm. So for them to come out and, and a part of, is a part of that on Syracuse, maybe, for not getting out to the shooters, but they shot 75% from the field in general. It's hard to stop that. But it's also a reminder of why a team is ranked that high and what it's going to take to beat them. And a part of it is not letting them get those shots where they're shooting at such a high percentage right there. Um, And a part of that is in-game adjustments. mm -hmm. In a way, it felt like they were playing a little fearful, like they were waiting and being reactive and seeing what Duke was going to throw at them when I think that they should have took charge a little bit earlier, took advantage of some of Duke's mistakes. But it's not all bad. There were some positive takeaways even from that game that stick out to me. The Orange Reserves combining for 36 points. Mm -hmm. I mean, this is a deep, deep bench. That's different than last year. That's something that's going to matter down the stretch. You also had Malik Brown, who 
really had a career night. He played awesome, scored a career-high 26 points, logged seven rebounds. That's somebody who I feel excited about. But it's a matter of putting all the pieces together. Justin Taylor a little quiet in that game. A couple other players a little quiet in that game. I want to see everybody operating together, working together. And then, yeah, I think they can have some of these big-time wins. Let's look ahead to these next three games. So, again, it's happening. This is coming out Wednesday, yeah, Boston College Wednesday night. So we'll kind of do almost a guess if people are listening to this on Thursday. We'll be like, yeah, well, they won or no, they lost. <laughs> then you have UNC, a top 10 program, followed by Pitt next week. So, yeah, they already just played Pitt. They're playing them again, but this time it's on the road in the Oakland Zoo. Ashley will be there, which will be cool. I will. Um, looking forward to that. So these next three games, let's hear a record prediction out of these next three in, in which games do they win? Which games do they lose? If you want a second, I can start. Go ahead. All right. So Boston College at home tomorrow or Wednesday night. I got that as a win. I just think that's a bounce back. I'm looking at the recipe that we saw from the SU women beating or falling to North Carolina and then beating BC. And that North Carolina game was also very similar, where that one was close in the first half. It was freakishly uh, a similar storyline throughout that game. I think this is a good bounce back win. Nine o'clock game. Normally, I feel like over the past few years, this team just does well in late games at home. So I'm taking that. UNC I have as a loss but not a 20-point loss. I think they're a little bit more competitive. I think back to when they went to OT with them when Cole Swider had his breakout game against them two years ago that honestly I think helped propel him to the NBA career he's having now. So I have that as a loss, and then Pitt away, I think that's a win. I think they have a good – I liked – I really like the way they played against Pitt um, back around the holidays. I – I'm going to agree with you, but I'm a little <laughs> apprehensive about Boston College. I don't know how I – I don't feel as good about Boston College as I think maybe I should. Mm -hmm. I think a reason for that is because they share the same exact record on paper, 10-4, 1-2 and, and, and two ACC. But I also watched their game over Georgia Tech over the weekend. Don't really know why. I guess I just had nothing better to do. And I, they played – Boston College played incredibly over Georgia Tech. Not that Georgia Tech is, you know, a top team in the ACC or anything, but they were down by 16 points and came back to win that game. And that's, that's something that scares me a little bit because Syracuse is usually the team in that comeback column. You know sure. what I mean? I know. It, you know what? It's like the second that you started talking in my head, I'm like, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to now agree with what he said because I was thinking what you were thinking, win-loss win. But now that you both said it, I feel like I, I feel like I have to do something different. Well, sure. you're going win, loss, win too, right? No, she's going loss, loss, I'm win. You are going loss, loss, win? I want to say win, loss, win, like in my heart, but I, I might be going loss, loss, win. I think they definitely the beat Pitt. Okay. I think they'll definitely beat Pitt too. I think they're going to lose to Boston College. Um, I just I don't, have, I don't have a good feeling about Me it. Either. I feel like they still need that kind of like – kick in the butt to really say okay we need to sort of fix some things and change some things and they need to be big things unc i know <laughs> i know somebody i saw uh. like i like i tweeted something about how they needed to win against boston college and somebody was like so you're just discounting duke and unc and i was like well, yes <laughs> i was gonna bring up that point myself nobody seems to be thinking pretty highly of this team Against the higher opponent. I'm going to do know. it. I'm going to do it. What are you going to do? Loss oh. against BC. Win against UNC. Win against Pitt. Whoa. Whoa. That's a crazy one. All right, Rach, what do you have for us? Uh, you know, I think I would go. And you just pushed me there, Rachel. So I know I did. I know I did. I know I did. Um, 
I morally have an issue taking Syracuse over UNC. Yeah. And I'm so sorry to say that <laughs> to everyone watching. I think we let the I think we let the listeners know now. Is it time? About Rachel's bra- background. Yeah. It's time. Rachel <laughs> grew up a UNC fan. Born and raised in Central New York. Yeah. Is a UNC fan. You know, which is good. I think that's healthy for this show. You know, Brendan Hodges is down in Baltimore. I think we need someone with this mindset so i'm happy we have rachel well i i you know i'm just trying to do my thing but i like to think that in in being a unc stamp fan i still have a pretty solid understanding of the syracuse fan base and lots of respect there so we keep it rolling but yeah i'm gonna go i'm gonna go loss loss win i think loss loss win we'll see sticking with you well It'll be interesting. I mean, people can let us know in the comments who ends up looking smart in the end. Yeah, we'll find give, us, out. give us your predictions. Give us your too. predictions. Well, so true. If you're watching after Wednesday, we'll find out. Um, so we'll see. I mean, it's 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 ACC play. It's the gauntlet, man, and it's gonna be it's gonna be tough. Um, I know. I, I already have it circled on the calendar. I'm excited for the Clemson game. Yeah, I'm excited for Joe Girard coming to town. It's gonna yeah. be fun to see. That will be fun because uh, Clemson's a good team this year. Good team just came off a bad loss to, I think, North Carolina. Yep. But but Joey G's getting the most of his time down there. So happy for him in his new role. Um, and on some trivia, I have a question for all three of you. Syracuse, as we know, has struggled against Duke in recent years, however many losses in a row. UNC, obviously the Tar Heels have mostly dominated over the last few meetings, but Syracuse did get a win, and it was a big win in the last however many years. What year was their win? I'll give you a hint. They ended up it ended up being a win that helped that helped them get to March Madness where they snuck in. Rachel knows the answer to this. Well, I have a question. You mentioned Duke and UNC. Mm-hmm. What is it is it one of those? It has two nothing games? to do with Duke. It was just brought up about Duke and uh, okay. like the tobacco road team. So, so it's, it's a UNC. Last question. time that Syracuse beat UNC. Wasn't and it? And bonus if you can tell me the attendance. Wasn't it the year that they went to the Sweet 16? Was that 2019-2020? You're partially right. It was 2020-2021, wasn't it? Yeah, it was. Yeah, it was. Yeah, it was. It was 2020. 2020-2021. Okay, yes. I believe it was March 5th. I was at this game. Sorry, March 1st. They won 72-70. to They were up by like 10 points in the last two minutes and almost choked it away. How about a bonus on attendance? I wasn't there, even though I was a student. That's upsetting. It's kind of my bad. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> we all just guess it is closest to? Yeah. Is it Jeopardy rule? It's I mean, Price is, is Right price rules. rules? Yeah. No, yeah. Can't no go Price over. is Right Can't rules. Can't go over. Um, can the hint be? What, I just want, what is the capacity? Do you know? Like full capacity, sold out. Do you know I went down a rabbit hole with this the other day? Not you know. to go off on another tangent, <laughs> but it's like... Syracuse basketball, I don't I just didn't know this. Maybe you did. Like averages like is like the number one team in the country in like attendance every year for basketball because well, the, the dome just holds right, so many people. Right, it's not yeah. a normal yeah. basketball arena. I know that's which why has I was its pros confused. and cons. I've been having <clears throat> discussions with people about that. Like the basketball experience in the dome versus like another school's basketball arena where you're really more on top of the court, but Hey, they can pack a lot of people in there. I right. was surprised the first time I went in there. Like, I didn't understand Me neither. how that all worked. And I'm like, there's so many empty seats when behind it. When you see it. it on TV, it does not look like no, that. No, it sure doesn't. No. But back to that, do you know the 
full, the attendance capacity for basketball i think you're looking i mean you know because they put people kind of i know yeah, levels, i know but i'd say probably like thirty-five thousand ish i was gonna say like 40 45 maybe but if he 40. said 35 then I it mean, means that the number of people who attended is definitely not over 35 i mean i mean the georgetown games like the big time big east georgetown games especially in those last few years of syracuse being in the big east those would bring in like 35 most recent record-breaking game was against Duke in 2019 with a crowd of 35,632. Yeah. So okay. 35 is like peak. Yeah. All right. All right. Against UNC, I'll, I'll just go uh, 27. Okay. I'll go 29. I'm going to go 24. I'm going to go lower. Okay. And these are all 24, 27, 29,000? Okay. It's Rachel because 24 actually would have been closer because it was zero. Oh, the fans were not. That's not <laughs> fair. I wish you got her eye roll. Sanders had an eye roll that just almost sent over this wall. That. Come back to me. I'll do it again. I mean, there was the cameraman in there. There was. It was a. Uh, it was a time. It was a time. I that might would, even have a picture wait, of it on my phone. That would such a explain why I wasn't question. there as a student. When you guys Hello? said 27, Brendan 29, so and 24, Brendan would I was like, oh, my so God, proud. they actually are going to get really close to this. I'm like, they're going to be really close to zero. Oh, you thought we meant people. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, we might have to cut that. That's a bad look for all of us. <laughs> yeah, it kind of I is. I don't especially know. No, like, I, I, th I, I think, think that if you showed that to Brendan, he would shed a tear. Yeah, yeah. Brendan so would be proud really me. proud. Because it was really was. twisted. It was pretty sick. Sick and twisted. It was pretty gross. Wait, so what? Well, we we can cut that. Never mind. I'll ask you after. But like, what this? Like, they went to the Sweet Sixteen. That year. They were there did. no fans? There were. It was a select number of fans were allowed to be in there. Wow. It was one of those weird examples. But here, I'll show you guys and then what try to show time. it on the. Uh, on the camera. That was a so weird was time just, to be alive. Wait, that's was, unreal. It was super strange. Here, pull me up. Pull okay. me up, Rach. Let's see if we can make this happen for people. <laughs> you can sort of see it. You know, zoom in and go up to the seat. Yeah, yeah just no, like so weird. It was so bizarre. I mean, because you heard yeah. everything on the court. Every 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 dribble, squeak, so squeak, odd. swish. They couldn't get really away with trash talking too much because the refs heard everything. <laughs> Interesting time though. But um, Orange on Podcasts presented by Billy Worker Cars and Trucks. Thanks for listening. Thanks for watching. We'll be back next week. We'll also have some overtime coming this week on yet another Syracuse recruit committing Marcellus Barnes Jr. So we'll have a breakdown of him coming up. And uh, thanks for listening. Thanks for watching. We're out of here. Peace. See you. Bye.